Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time you're listening or wherever you're listening from. Welcome along to a blank canvas. I'm Cameron Rawson, and this is episode 33 with Bronya Masinska. How are you doing? I hope you're feeling good. I must admit, Bronya had sent me over a voice note of how to correctly pronounce a surname because you know what? I don't like mispronouncing people's names. So, Bronya, I really hope I got it right. And if I didn't, I apologize. It is a fantastic episode, but before we get into it, uh, I just want to sort of share with you that uh, I finished my 100K February, well, at the end of Feb. Um, It's the furthest I've run in one month. In fact, it's about a quarter or a fifth of what I've run in, well, living memory, to be honest with you. So I'm very, very happy with myself. I've decided I love running. Now, at what point do I officially become a runner? It's a weird question but there's a reason why I'm asking. So let's say, for example, I've stopped smoking. Am I, no, am I no longer a smoker or am I a smoker that stopped smoking? I listened to a podcast a few months ago. It might have been an audio book, actually, called Atomic Habits, where the author talks about how if you no longer smoke, you are no longer a smoker. You're not a smoker that stops smoking. So if I'm now running so much a month, does that make me a runner? I don't know. I'd like to think that I'm now a runner. You know, I don't know. Anyway, by the by, this episode was so much fun to record. Uh, Bronya was a fantastic guest. She is a brilliant woman. Fantastic. And she works so fucking hard. She does so much. I don't know how she does it. Honestly, we talk about it all in this episode. We speak about her work ethic, her company, Mosin social media, influences, society and business, and much more. It really is a great episode. It makes you want to just get out there and just get shit done, you know, just fucking do it. Like, just go do it. Feel free to follow our socials. We are a blank canvas pod on Facebook, Instagram, a blank canvas pod.com for our website. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And follow us on Spotify if you're listening there. That would be so, so nice. This is episode 33 with Bronya Masinska. Welcome, Welcome to a blank canvas with Cameron Rawson. Cameron Rawson. Uh, am I right in saying you have your own successful business? You're a social media manager uh, at the Glow Pot, which is a successful natural vegan skincare brand, and you're studying at university. That is right. Yeah, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I've got a, I've got a feeling some people are going to be like, wait, what? Like how? <laughs> so can you, can you please explain uh, to start with how, how you managed to balance three things, which I think to most people, one would be enough. I mean, you know, yeah. given the current situation as well, as cliche as that sounds. <laughs> I think honestly, I'm going to be completely real and say I don't sleep. Like, <laughs> all right, okay. Because <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think a lot of people, you, you'll get an opportunity to be like, oh, you can do this, and you just suddenly think, oh my god, no, I can't do that. But actually, if you give yourself the right amounts of time for and like sort out your priorities and things, you can, you are able to do it. So for me, it's just the case. I do just work better at night because there's a much less distractions and I, well, like I don't know maybe I'm a freak but I just 
I don't know I just I just properly each week like work out what it is that needs to be done what it is that needs more attention and then yeah just prioritize those are you very methodical with your sort of planning then so will you literally have a list and you go through and go right okay got to do this tick next thing tick or do you kind of just maybe write a few notes or is it just all in your head so I've got I've actually got like a little whiteboard in my room. Nice. I like that. <laughs> got it on Amazon. It was 10 pounds if anyone wants it. And I just write like each week like each day of the week what it is that needs to happen on that day. And then it's also really good cuz I I work out like time to like exercise, go for walks cuz obviously that's all we can do at the minute. And then like like work out going for like food shops and stuff because it does just properly structure your life and I've I don't know why but I just to-do lists have never been my thing but my whiteboard like every Sunday night I'll just be like right this needs to happen this needs to happen it takes me like maybe 10 minutes if that and then yeah I just do life (laughs) I like it so I always find it interesting when you see on uh these like motivational uh social media accounts whether it's Instagram or Twitter, when you when they sort of quote this massive CEO or managing director that said, right, you should do this and do that. But I I find it very difficult to sort of resonate with these things because at the end of the day, you know, we can all be su- uh, we can all be successful in our own right by taking our own steps personable to us. So it's like when I see these things on social media where people are like, right, you've got to do this to to achieve things, and you know, you can only have one focus and this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, I, I, I don't really, I don't really like approve of it per se because it's like you know people can take their own process and their own steps into doing what they want to do, and clearly you know what you want to do and what you want out of life, right? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the, th- I think we've the whole kind of hustle culture is just completely unrealistic, and it's very important to remember if you are like. A busy person and you want to do all these things that you do also need time to be a human and I think especially now now that we all have to be at home and we are like people are finding it more difficult to switch off and things you do have to remember that beyond being what you are or what you're running or what you're doing you are also a human and you're allowed to like take a day off if you need and things so we'll talk about your business uh, to start with because I want to social uh, social circle back on the social media um, topic of conversation. So uh, your business is, I mean, I just think it's fucking amazing what you're doing. Um, <laughs> I think it's so cool. I love the fact people are getting up and just getting shit done and doing stuff. Mm. Um, now, can you please explain uh, how your business came to be, what you do? Uh, I'm very curious about it because it's, it, I'll let you explain, but it's, it's, it's not, it's, I mean, it is a niche and it's not a niche. It's not something that yeah. you'd expect somebody to typically get up and do. Um, but I, I'll, I'll give you the floor. If you can explain about your business, how it came to be and why you're doing it, please. Well, I think I've just always been a very like business-minded person. Um, I don't know why, but I've just always I've like there's like a list on my phone of just things where I just one day will be like, oh my god, I've got a really good business idea, and then I'll write it down. And half of them aren't feasible because I don't have the resources or the contacts or whatever. But it was in the first lockdown, and I went home um, to my parents for like three months, and I was I just finished like my second year of uni, and I was just stuck in my like 
childhood bedroom like well <laughs> what now basically mm-hmm. and I, I was furloughed from um my bar job and I was just like I've got nothing to do so then I went back onto my um notes section and one of the ideas that I had was like a sourcing handbags business that empowered women and inspired women alongside having like really cool and up-to-date fashion so I'd we kind of was just like well what is actually stopping me like I've got absolutely nothing else to do so then I just I just kind of I don't know if I actually thought like yeah I'll actually do this but I just did all the research and all the findings to create something to do really and then I like didn't I didn't tell anyone about it for ages because I again I don't really thought I'd actually do it and then I did <laughs> basically is there anything that initially uh put doubt in your mind about making it I mean about creating this business was there something I mean cuz clearly you didn't want to uh tell friends to start with for whatever reason but was mm. there something that kind of put you off the idea or were you sort of all just yeah right I'm getting this done uh I think there definitely was like whenever you do something big and impactful you are always a bit like oh but what if and obviously there's a lot of people that think like oh what will people say about me and oh what if it goes wrong but Mm. I know it sounds so cliche but what if it goes right absolutely yeah I kind of was just like I'm very like blase anyway if someone wants to say something about me I'll let them I don't really care so (laughs) good I like it if people think it's cringe and people think it's weird I I think it's cool so the rest of you basically (laughs) so we must say at this point that your business is called i I, can you pronounce it to start because i don't want to mispronounce it so it's called mozin which is just an abbreviation of my second name um yeah at mozin on instagram follow me (laughs) (laughs) um so uh how do you come up with um i mean so obviously I, w- I won't, don't want to go too deep into your business, but in terms of like the designs and stuff like that, is this something that you have, um, you know, sole creative input on or do you have uh, inspiration, advice, other people giving you ideas? Yeah, so it's more like it's not solely me, It's but I do like obviously get a say in it and it's just kind of going with recent trends and what I like and with things like handbags, like there's kind of only so far you can go but that makes it more interesting I think so it's a very long process and it's got more people involved than just me but yeah and because obviously I don't think you're the kind of person who would sort of brag about this but we must say that you do uh, every month you donate x amount of of, of profits to yeah. different charities which I think is is so incredible it's something that you don't need to do um you know you've got you've got a great brand anyway so you're not doing it for your brand you're doing it because you want to which is obviously very different to what a lot a lot of companies do a lot of companies will donate to charity as scummy as this sounds they'll do it you know for their own benefit they won't do it really for the benefit of the charity yeah well i kind of just when i did it i thought I don't really know what I thought, but like I've always been really interested in like certain charities and I've like done, you know, you can do like birthday fundraisers and stuff on Facebook. Like, yeah, yeah. I've done stuff like that before. And then I was like, well, realistically, what is 10%? Like, if there's however many people in the world that need it more than I do, then let them have it. (laughs) 
Um, I totally agree with that. And uh, speaking of like inspiration in terms of the actual creative aspect, mm. um, I know obviously uh, you're surrounded by a lot of good people. I know obviously we've got a lot of mutual friends. Um, mm. But other than the friends around you that inspire you, is there anybody out there uh, in whatever industry, whether it's business, fashion, et cetera, is there anybody out there that really does inspire you and, you know, sort of creates that fire inside of you? So many people and all the people that know me are going to know exactly what I'm about to say. But Michelle Obama is my, oh. I love her so much. Um, she, I think she is my biggest inspiration. And when I was, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but like my 16th birthday, I think my mum got me her book and I like, I liked her anyway. And then I read her book and I was like, oh, oh my God, like what a woman, <laughs> this is amazing. So I think Michelle Obama is my absolute ultimate, just bad bitch, amazing. <laughs> um, one of my bags is actually named after Michelle Obama. So, um, but also as well, people like Connor Walker. She is um, the CEO and founder of House of CB and Mistress Rocks. Um, and those are two brands I like absolutely love. And she as well is just a massive bad bitch and i just oh, I love <laughs> and then also um uh grace beverly she she's founded i think like she's 23 and she's founded like three businesses which honestly is to me but yeah just honestly women like <laughs> <just> strong <laughs> independent women they I, I love it um so I, I guess now's a good time to bring this up um i know obviously you're very uh you're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You are totally in support of women in business, which I think is yeah. great. And you obviously uh, like to push that. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, so I, I wrote down a question here, um, and that is, uh, do you think that as a society, I guess mainly in business, but I don't think it potentially is, it could be amongst the whole, the whole part of society, do you think we're going in the right direction? Is there enough being done um for for women to be in these positions that have you know typically for years been run by white know, yeah exactly by <laughs> white men um and obviously i can't really give i mean i cannot give an opinion on this um so i'm here to ask you yeah i think i think yes and no like i saw something recently um on linkedin and this woman was saying like I'm not a girl boss I'm a boss and I'm not a mom entrepreneur I'm a mother and I'm an entrepreneur and I think it's really interesting to see like the different attitudes because if a man sets up a business and does a new venture it's like oh great like good for him whatever but then if a woman does it it's like oh my god like girl boss and blah, blah, blah. and it's kind of I don't know the right word to use but I think it's kind of counterproductive sometimes because even though it's great that like women are being more empowered in business and in just normal life, sometimes these kind of cutesy dumbing down terms and things make it kind of like, I feel like there's not the same respect as if you would be like, oh, he is a boss and she is a girl boss. Do you know, does that make sense? Right, no, absolutely. So the fact yeah. that the fact that it's like by adding 
you know, the fact that a woman is a girl boss as opposed to just a boss. Yeah. It's a very interesting in, uh, point you raise here, and it's not something I've ever really considered. I mean, I have seen it a lot on social media and in sort of bios of people on, on social media where it's been like, you know, exactly what you've said. Yeah. Um, but it's never something I've like actively thought about, but it does raise a very good topic of conversation. What, mm. So what is your stance on that then? Do you think it should just be, you know, entrepreneur, entrepreneur rather than it as opposed to um, something before it? Mm. I think I'm probably a massive juxtaposition because I'll be the first to be like, wow, what a bad bitch and blah, 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 blah. But I think, um, I think when people are younger and especially with young girls because of the way society breeds them basically like it's really good for empowerment and understanding then that yeah I am a girl but I can do this as well but then when it gets to actual a professional environment it's just not really needed and if some people want to use it about themselves that's fine let them but I think there is there is a bigger picture with it um sort of going on uh from the fact that you mentioned just there that you know young women are able to uh, it's accessible to make uh, a business uh, and easy nowadays. Um, do you think, because obviously right now it is the easiest it's ever been for somebody to just get up and start a business, yeah. but do you think that has, as much as it has many positives, do you think there's also negatives to it in the sense that a lot of people are doing it just to make quick cash? So people are, you know, turning things around. I mean, obviously it's great that people, it's like you mentioned earlier about the whole like hustle culture. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously there's people like yourself who are creating, uh, products of value and you're not just doing it just to make a quick dollar uh, mm. well quick pound in this case but um there's people out there that obviously are making things just to just to get it out there and make some quick money is that creating a toxic place or do you think it's great that people can just do what they want i think it's great really i mean like loads of businesses do i don't want to say fail but loads of people do do it for a year and two years and think actually this isn't for me like for whatever reason so i think a lot of the time people maybe don't do it because they think oh but what if like it doesn't go very well or what if I get bored and then I'm stuck with it but like at least you tried at least you did it and I think a lot there with especially the state of like furlough and like unemployment at the minute people are just being like right well I've got to take matters into my own hands um and then if when the c word is all over if half of these new ventures disintegrate then so be it but like at least they had something when they had nothing else do you know what I mean what would you say to someone who right now is listening to this and it's a cliche question here but someone who's listening right now and has been considering an idea they had on their notes on their phone for a long time and they're wanting to do it but they're intimidated by something they don't know you know again like you mentioned they're scared of potentially failing and um, mm. they don't know how to go about it what would you say to them why do you care like honestly really why do you care because if something does go wrong then it's it's never gonna be just an easy sailing a to b situation you're gonna go round in circles you're gonna waste money you're gonna fuck up you're gonna do things that you probably shouldn't have done but that's all it's all part of the process and it's not it's not meant to be easy it's meant to be hard and it just shows that you've got the initiative to do it and if you're scared then I know it's it sounds ridiculous to say don't be but mm -hmm. genuinely just don't be because there's what do you have to lose 
so as you you've mentioned a few things there but i want to pick up on um since starting a business what have you found and well what have you learned basically whether it's good or bad about running a business um it's a lot of it's a lot of work and obviously i never i don't think people setting up a business don't ever expect it to just be piss easy but like there is so much that goes into it and sometimes if say if people that follow your brand thing oh like she's not doing a lot of minutes she's a bit quiet like I've not seen or heard anything from her it's because actually there's so many things behind the scenes that you have to get done that you can kind of not get in a rut about it but again with hustle culture you do see these like multi-millionaires like doing all these things and bringing out loads of different things and it's really easy to be like oh I'm never going to get there because I'm so busy and blah 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 but there's there's a quote I can't remember what it is but it's like don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 25 or whatever oh I like that I like that because I mean it's it it's just such a good way to put it because I think especially in the social media age where it like billionaires and millionaires are so accessible from tv and social media and stuff it is so easy to think oh well I'm never gonna do that and I'm not as good as they are and blah 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 but actually you are um, another one, another sort of uh, line is uh, chase the dream, not the competition. Well, I, heard, um, I heard you say that one of your other podcasts and I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's honestly, it's something that I, um, I got, I heard it years ago. And it's something that I always kind of think about when I'm comparing myself. Like there was, I saw someone make a podcast a few weeks ago and they've done like three episodes and the downloads are already at a certain level. And I'm like, fuck, like how, like how are they at that point? I spend so long and I'm like, well, there's no point me comparing myself to them because at the end of the day everyone's doing their own thing everyone can be successful just because they're doing something well in a certain amount of time doesn't mean I can't just continue to you know aim for my successes yeah yeah it's absolutely it's it's just people do naturally you compare yourself to other people but you don't you don't know how long or how much time they've dedicated to their dream and their dream could be completely different to yours uh, we'll talk about social media now. Um, so uh, the first question is, it's very sort of open, and that is what makes a brand good at social media, what do you say? Oh, God, what a question. I mean, so much. I think it's it depends really what the brand is because, and also what your niche is and who your target market is because if you're aiming at a certain demographic that aren't really that bothered about social media, then it doesn't really take a lot. But then on the counterpart, if you're aiming for a generation that spends a lot of time on social media, you've got to be really consistent and innovative all the time. Um, And I think probably just understanding your market and your niche and what, what works for your brand might not work for other brands and vice versa. So just taking the time to really understand what it is that your consumers want from you. And going on from um, the uh, question I just asked, what do you think of influencers? And it's a very, very vague question. It's deliberately vague because I want you to sort of interpret it as as however you like. What do you think of influencers? Do you think they what they do is great? Do you think it depends on the influencer? Um, yeah, please give me your opinion. I think oh, it's obviously it's such a touchy subject at the minute because of 
Dubai and all that. But like influencers are such a great marketing tool. Like influencer marketing is just the amount the amount of money and the deals that go involved it is ridiculous it's crazy do you know of any that you can like i mean have you researched any do you know what kind of money influencers are getting um well i so i do marketing as my degree so like i kind of understand a little bit more about it but i know that so for like the big big influencers so like molly may and people like that for one post or one deal they can be paid like thousands and thousands maybe even hundreds of thousands of pounds like i know it's what the fuck and that's why like there's it's got now there's micro macro like there's a scale of influencers and i think it's perhaps gotten slightly out of hand because it's i'm not easy but it's I don't want to say easy, but like, I guess that kind of is the word, but you can get into it by, I don't want to say easy, but I I think that is what, it is easy to get into because, you know, with like Instagram is just so easy to navigate and people go on Love Island and then suddenly like they've got millions and millions of followers. So I do think influencers are a really good tool, but I think a lot of people want to be influencers now, which makes, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think it's weird that if we, if you were to say if, if 10, what, maybe even five years ago, the word influencer and it being a job. And the fact is, you know, there'll be, uh, there'll be people out there, you know, 15, 16, probably younger who are like, I want to be an influencer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, you do just like people only see the good parts. They see brand deals, they see new houses, they see free stuff and whatever. But there is so much more into it. And also, as well, like the repercussions of just the general public is I mean, how many mental health issues have, have there come from influencers? Like, oh my God, yeah. Honestly, hats off to them. I could not do it, like, because it, it the scale of it is just ridiculous. But I think, I think maybe it's our generation because I'll say to like my stepdad or my mum, like, "Oh, Molly May," or and they're like, "Who? What? Like, what do you mean? I don't." Care. <laughs> I, remember, I think it was my uncle once was like, "Like these kids, they just like go on like YouTube, may make a few videos, and then suddenly they've got like multi million pound businesses." So, like, the older generation don't get it. No, not at all. Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. But it's like you say, if I if I said to my mum when I was in school, I want to be an influencer, she'd be like, are you on crack? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so, I mean, obviously, there's, there's Instagram influencers, and I guess they're, that's one of, like, the sort of biggest um, caveats to being an influencer. Wow. We've used that word a lot. Um, but what about uh, apps like TikTok? I mean, TikTok is, I joined it for the first time around three weeks ago. Mm. And oh boy, is it, is, it is addictive. Um, oh my God, it's so addictive. I joined TikTok in the first, in the first lockdown and I became obsessed. And I was literally every single day, my because my mum and stepdad were still 
um working during the first lockdown and they'd come home and I'd be like do you want to see the TikToks I've made today and they'd be like three or four and I'd think well I'm I'm hilarious this is so funny but it is so addictive and also as well now from it people are becoming influencers just from TikTok like I get a lot yeah. of I get a lot of DMs from people like hi um I am a small influencer and like I want to do a collab with you I have so-and-so amount of views on wow i didn't think about this let's talk about this go on so um what is like a bit of a blurred line between uh obviously right let me get this out because it, it's a bit of a rogue question it wasn't something i was planning on ask, asking because i didn't really think about it so a brand like yours which is obviously you, you started it in quotation marks recently um mm. you don't have like big backing from no a billionaire or even a multimillionaire even a millionaire um so when when a when a um an influencer of any size any stature approaches you saying can we do a deal what's your thoughts on it are you like uh fuck off or are you like honestly um, it's really offensive um right. but it also just depends the way they say it so because I get it also with um, doing social media for the Glowpot as well. So I see two kind of different sides of it. But I would say nine times out of 10, it's just some randomer that doesn't even follow you, has never interacted with anything that you've done. And then they'll do this long spiel about like, oh my God, I love your products so much, blah, 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 blah. Um, I've got this X amount of followers and engagements and then at the end it will be like tell me how I can be an ambassador or tell me how we can do a gifted collab and blah 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 and I'm just like piss off <laughs> like you would never just go up to a random person in the street like it's kind of like begging isn't it your bag I want it so if you give it to me I'll tell everyone to follow like no that's sorry but that's literally just not how it works and it is a bit of a gray area because if you don't ask, you don't get, and you need to grow somehow. But a lot of the time, it's just chances and people who clearly don't have any respect for small businesses. And yeah, it, if someone genuinely was like, I, I do follow you, I do really like your products, um, I'd love to do some kind of collaboration with you, then I probably would consider it. But a lot of the time, it is high give me stuff for free and honestly oh. no <laughs> so it's uh, i guess you're right though as much as it sounds gross at the face of it uh, yeah i mean if you don't ask you don't get so yeah. it's but then it's i mean it must be quite demoralizing for the in uh, god the influencer um to have to i mean surely by by design if they're having to contact a brand then they're not an influencer yeah well there is that as well but like Say on the flip side with the Glowpot, which obviously is a slightly bigger brand, um, there's a selection process with ambassadors and um, people who get codes and stuff like that. So, it, and it's not just willy nilly like, yeah, you've said you've asked it, here's a code, here's a free thing, here's this, here's whatever. Like, there is, there's a whole selection process that is very long. And I think then when in, influencers do come and just say like hi can i have stuff for free they're basically just showing that they have no knowledge of their industry <laughs> and i guess a lot of it's like a copy and paste job isn't it i mean if they're 
I guess you could probably read straight through it. Like literally, you can read straight through it if the fact that they've just, you know, written a paragraph that's so open and can apply to any business that provides a product. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Bit of a bit of a another uh uh to, to, topical topical question. Yeah, I guess that's the right word. Um. Boohoo brands like that thoughts. Yeah. Again, it's, it's a grey area because fast, like everyone knows the implications of fast fashion, and obviously the the Boohoo brand is just ridiculous now because they pretty much own all of them. But at the same time, we've created a society of mass consumption and quick trends and X Y Z. So it's. It's just it's it's so difficult because a lot of it is so unethical, but at the same time, it's literally just a product of what size uh, what a society we've created. Yeah, so essentially, we as we as a society have created this beast. I mean, it's through us. You know, they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for people buying the clothing. Yeah, because well, we're now in a people would prefer to have loads and loads of clothes that are going to last you two or three times than a few clothes that is going to last you forever. Um, but then you... And would, would you say that's the result of influencers, though? Again, it's kind of a big circle, really, isn't it? Like, what came yeah, first? I the chicken or the egg? Yeah. I, oh, it's, it's just so difficult because there's so many topics to, like, cover about it because I guess... I guess yeah, it probably is because obviously they get so much free stuff or gifted things that they then have to put out and they have to promote, and then obviously they they have to post every day and they have to have new outfits and blah blah blah, blah in order to get the engagement that they need. So I think it's kind of like without without those brands, influencers would be nothing. But at the same time, without influencers, the brands maybe would not be nothing. Would not be nothing. Would not be anything. That's the right word. Um. So obviously we've mentioned influencers and shows like Love Island. Um. What do you think of shows like The Apprentice for business? Do you think they're just total dog shit? Do you think that they? I mean, I've I've got such um contrasting views on shows like The Apprentice. Yeah. But then, ironically, places like Love Island, they're there to create meaningful relationships, or that's the idea, and yet really people are going on there to create their own brand identity and to create their own business. I think, I think like, back in the day, I used to watch The Apprentice with my stepdad, and I think that might, might have something to do with why I became so, like, business-minded, if that's a saying. But I think maybe now with The Apprentice, it's there for comedy value because in the past when you've watched it, it's people that have their own businesses or have done so many other things. But now it's like the last, I think a couple of seasons ago, I can't remember exactly which season ago, but there was a librarian on there and it was just like, what? <laughs> what is going on? So I think. Uh, again maybe as a society we were just watching it thinking that because there were a few funny moments where they'd argue and you'd be like oh like what's because <laughs> like humans do just love drama so now they're like it's more of who's going to make good tv than who's going to actually make a good business deal because again you would just sometimes because i did 
business studies um, in my GCSE. And obviously that's very, very basic. But I'd watch it and be like, this is obviously going to go wrong. Like, are they are they stupid? And I'd be like <laughs> 14 and they're these like 30-year-old business men and women thinking that they're, ugh. But yeah. I mean, my take on it is, uh, you know, if you're if you're good enough at business and you can just make a business off your own back, you don't need you um, a platform. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like Alan Sugar. I'm not even going to call him Lord or whatever the fuck his title is. You know, I don't like him. No. Um, his arguments with Piers Morgan are really funny. Oh, yeah. Them t- I mean, you know, they're, they're both just in, the, in, a world, in worlds of their own, aren't they? I yeah. mean, they're both completely out of touch with reality. Yeah. I saw, um, I saw a TikTok from someone who went on The Apprentice and was like, oh, this is what it's actually like to be on The Apprentice. And apparently Lord Sugar has like a sheet of jokes in the boardroom. Then he just like ticks them off whenever he says them. Oh God. I mean, one of my friends, Sean, um, he was on the, uh, the, one of the two, I think, uh, Young Apprentice uh, series that were years ago. Um, and he was, uh, telling me about, um, how it's recorded and stuff like that. Like the boardroom is actually a studio within a massive warehouse in West London. Um, I mean, the whole thing is completely fabricated, fabricated. Like he was telling me that when they were, um, when they were uh, sort of uh, at the the flat where everybody lives, uh, the, the, like there's a director and like there was a scene and it's it's shot like it's a like it's a TV series. Well, like it's a, a drama because the director was like, right, can you do that again, please? And this time, can you be can you be more happy? Can you be more aggressive? And it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not surprising, but then again, like there's lots of money in TV, so when there's good TV, they're gonna do it. Uh, I want to uh, talk. One of the last few things I want to talk about with you, and it's <laughs> is your social media uh, for your brand. The Instagram stories, uh, which went out in the last twenty four hours, are fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. Um, so, so it's been a massive topic of conversation. I don't know how long for, but the phrase uh, like the ick and everything to do with it. I mean, there's lots of podcast episodes about this, and it is just it's quite a it's quite a topic of conversation because I think it's been present in in our lives for so long but there was never really a word to describe it yeah um but yeah the re- the, the, the responses you're getting uh are just I, fucking hilarious howling that like, i i couldn't share them all because there was just so many but going through them was it was just so funny because they're so relatable but at the same time they're so ridiculous but you're like oh my god yeah because i think men and women both you have been in a situation where you've been like talking to someone or whatever or been involved with someone and then they've done something really simple and then you're like <laughs> and then everything that they do from then on just repulses you uh, yeah it's and you know what right as as a, as a as a guy reading the responses um to uh your instagram stories i was like damn there's a few friends i kind of want to send this to you because i imagine <laughs> they've probably been in a situation like it um but yeah it's it's so funny how it can be because i was reading it like they've got to be joking and then i was thinking actually i've been in an experience before myself where it's been so minor and i'm like what like it's so legit yeah thank you for listening to it, this it, episode it was funny of because one of canvas. my friends actually you can follow us on instagram and i text her like a blank jesus christ and she was like what's funny is i do if you want to contact us for <laughs> any reason it's hello so it's, it's at all right a blank for, canvas for um thank you very much for your time i'm going to ask one last question bronya which i ask all of my guests and that is 
If I gave you a blank canvas, what would you paint on it and why? I would paint the life and the empire that I want to build for myself. And then I would hang it above my desk and look at it every day until I got to that goal. Fucking yes. I love that answer. What a great <laughs> answer. That's a really good, like, honestly, wow. Yeah, I really like that. Well, um, I have not been planning it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your time, Ronya. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you very much. Everyone go follow Mozan on Instagram if you want some really good bags. 